I speak to you in the name of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Fishermen are a curious bunch. And I say this with some certainty, having a father who is an avid fly fisherman, and from my own experience with the sport, the author David Duncan describes the peculiar nature of fishermen in his book, The River Why, when he imagines why the author of John includes the exact number of fish, 153, in the resurrection story we hear this morning. Duncan muses that this number is perhaps the most remarkable statistic ever computed, especially given the circumstances. Jesus is standing on the beach, newly risen from the dead. It's only the third time the disciples have seen him since the horror and nightmare of the crucifixion. And somehow, they managed to get a very accurate count of the number of fish they caught. And Duncan imagines this could only have happened in one way. After hauling the net ashore, the disciples squatted over this pile of fish and began the process of tossing them into a second pile, painstakingly counting one, two, three, four, all the way up to 153, and all the while, as Duncan puts it, the newly risen Lord of creation, the sustainer of all their beings, he who died for them and for whom he, they would all gladly die, stood waiting, ignored, till the heap of fish was quantified. Such is the fisherman's compulsion towards rudimentary mathematics. It was either that, Duncan says, or the disciples stood around adoring Jesus as he counted all the fish by himself. Fishermen are a curious bunch. In last week's gospel lesson, we heard how the resurrected Jesus appeared to the disciples behind locked doors and how he showed them his hands and his sides that bore the wounds from the crucifixion. And that appearance served to build trust between Jesus and his disciples so that they might have the courage to go out into the world and carry on with the work that Jesus started. And what did the disciples do in response to all this? Well, they go fishing. Kind of has the feeling of a country western song. And it certainly is an interesting choice of activity for this group of disciples who had just been commissioned by Jesus to go out into the world with the Holy Spirit. And as head-scratching as this decision may seem, the author of the Gospel of John uses the scene depicted in this story to highlight important aspects of discipleship and leadership among this early Jesus-following community. Now, given that, the fisher, that these disciples were fishermen by trade, you'd think they'd know how to catch some fish. Yet the lesson we hear this morning depicts how they initially came up empty. They were skunked. It's only when the disciples listened to Jesus' instructions to cast their nets to the other side of the boat that they haul in this abundant catch. The author of John uses this story 
to pinpoint an essential quality of discipleship, hearing and following Jesus. And this quality is identified earlier in John's gospel in the Good Shepherd discourse. The sheep hear and know the shepherd's voice, and they follow him. In this morning's story, when Peter and the disciples hear and follow Jesus' instructions, what looked like a dire situation becomes an abundant catch. And there are other instances of hearing and following Jesus in this lesson. When Jesus instructs the disciples to bring some of their fish that they had just caught, Peter does so. And when the gospel concludes with Jesus' command, follow me, in the very next verse, Peter does exactly that. Hearing and following Jesus are the mark of a capable leader of this early community. The author of John uses this story to show how Peter possesses the essential quality of discipleship. But this isn't the only aspect of discipleship that's highlighted in this lesson. In the latter half, Jesus addresses Peter three times, asking him, Simon Peter, do you love me? These three interrogations, these three love interrogations, are often read as Jesus' forgiveness of Peter for having denied Jesus three times just moments before the crucifixion. And while these three questions may certainly play off of Peter's earlier denial of Jesus, they also serve to underscore Peter's conviction and his motivation. These love interrogations provide Peter the opportunity to demonstrate his love for Jesus. For the author of John, love, love of Jesus, which leads to the love of the other, is the foundation of what it means to be a disciple. It harkens back to the great commandment earlier in John's gospel. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Peter's love of Jesus will enable him to move past his own self-interests for the life of the community. While last week's lesson served to build trust between Jesus and the disciples, this Sunday's reading sees Jesus building up the discipleship qualities of his followers so that they may be trusted leaders among these early Jesus-following communities. And despite their peculiarity as fishermen, and despite their denials and disbelief, and their occasional interests in how many fish they caught, Jesus calls them to carry on with his work, to feed his lambs, and to care for God's creation. It goes to show that God never gives up on us. Despite our perceived shortcomings and maybe even our doubts, Jesus continues to exercise confidence in humanity. So this gospel lesson makes me think about how you and I listen for and follow Jesus' call. Do we take time to really listen for the voice of Jesus calling us in the words of Scripture? 
Do we listen for Jesus' call in the interactions and voices of our fellow Christians? And this gospel also makes me think about how our love of Jesus is calling us as individuals and as a church to care for God's creation. God has always and will always call us to be vehicles of God's love in this world. We need to listen and start casting our nets. Amen.